At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Fintech apps had a wild ride the last couple of years, but now comes the reckoning. The reality is marketers will need to do a lot more to keep users coming back. My guest, Vivek Giotra, VP Growth Marketing at Times Internet, shares the secret of app stickiness and how he drives growth through personalization. He also gives us a sneak peek at a new kind of fintech app that literally knows no boundaries. All this and more in episode number 484. Welcome to Mobile Presence, your destination for everything mobile this week and every two weeks, bringing you a special mini series on retention marketing powered by CleverTap. Offering the industry's only modern integrated retention cloud, CleverTap empowers digital brands and marketers like you to increase customer retention and rocket lifetime value. As I said, every two weeks, we bring you the tips and the advice from the marketers at the front lines, at the major brands who highlight how they reach their retention and engagement goals. This week, it's all about fintech apps. Why? Well, because fintech apps are having a moment because usage skyrocketed in the months after the pandemic hit. That new habit is here to stay, but there's also the question of how to engage and retain fintech app users. Now, my guest today is going to tell us about his new fintech app offering and how his company has designed it to appeal to an audience that literally knows no borders. It's exciting because there isn't another app like it out there. Andy has a strong background in creative and quantitative marketing across three continents, which he now brings to Times Internet, the global internet and entertainment group, where he is launching, as I said, a new fintech product for immigrants. Vivek Grotra, Vice President of Growth Marketing Times Internet. It's great to have you. I have set you up. We know all about you. But let's dig a little bit deeper into your company. First of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, I believe we did the show with John on the Mobile Heroes podcast earlier this year. So I'm really excited to 
you know, dig deeper into what has happened since and the advances mm-hmm. that we've made since the last conversation. For the benefit of your listeners who may not know what Times Internet is, let me give a quick, uh, you know, debrief. So Times Internet is the digital arm of the Times Group, which is the largest uh, media company uh, based out of India. Uh, Times Internet has a vast portfolio of products across different verticals. And, um, you know, with the port, with, with, <laughs> Times Internet has a large portfolio of products with 550 million users between them. Uh, I'm personally part of a smaller special ops team in the U.S. that is focused on building out a neobank uh, for all the Indian expats who live outside the subcontinent. That is an interesting approach. It's like a transnational app. Um, you want to introduce a borderless experience. How are you approaching this? It's, it's Indians, as you said, outside of the subcontinent, but everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the approach as with building any product, you know, you, you follow, uh, you call it design thinking or, you know, a scientific method, right? You first do your research on the audience, understand their habits, their pain points. You define the problem areas that you want to address. You ideate on different solutions. You design a prototype or MVP, as you might call it in Silicon Valley parlance, and then you test it out uh, live with the audience. Uh, so in, in that sense, you know, we kind of drill down to uh, three products that we think will have very clear resonance with you know, the 40 million people who uh, have Indian origin and don't live in India anymore. So the first is money transfer. The amount of money transferred to India from outside the country per year uh, as of in 2021 was uh, $120 billion out of which 18 billion one eight was from the US alone. So, you know, this is a large market uh, in and of itself. And that is going to be our first product because, you know, this is, uh, this is a, uh, because this is uh, an, an industry where the product has a demonstrated need and proven solutions out in the market. The second is what we're going to do is we're going to launch the most rewarding bank account and debit card. Uh, that rewards you for purchasing goods that are, you know, from India, are owned by Indian businesses and, uh, transacting on basically the brands and products that you love. There isn't anything like that in the market right now. And the third thing is really investing in the growth story of India. Uh, as you know, you know, 50% of India right now, I believe is bit, you know, below the age of 35. Uh, there's a ton of VC money coming into it. There's a lot of exciting companies coming out of there. And people like me who live outside do want an opportunity to be part of that growth story, even though we don't live in India. So how do we enable those investment opportunities for Indian expats who, you know, have that connection back home and want to be a part of that growth story? So that is going to be the third layer. How do we create those investment opportunities for people to invest back home? That's going to be a fascinating, uh, that's going to be a fascinating fintech app. Before I get into that, because just thinking about the opportunity to be able to invest in the climate there, I mean, you've got a, you've marked your 100th unicorn, which is amazing doing mm-hmm. that back in May of this year. Where are you now with your app? 
you are getting ready to launch. Where are you with those plans? Yeah. So, you know, the V1 of the app was just the rewards product where we, uh, we had the, the intention of that was to, you know, get people on board, see if the idea has legs, if there's enough an audience to even respond to the product. Uh, and you know, since we saw that idea had, you know, had got some traction, we raised an, another round internally from the Times group. And we are actually close to launching the, the beta of the new bank. So we will be going live with uh, a test group of 500 users in December. And we should be ready for the main launch by, I'm going to regret saying this, February next year. <laughs> it's fascinating to me about the research that you have around expats in the U.S. I mean, one-eighth, that's 18 billion that they're tra- making in transfers. What other research have you done on your market that you can share? So a uh, bunch of things, right? So unlike you know, other neobanks, right, who are spending $250, you know, to get, you know, I don't like saying this, what are essentially subprime customers, you know, who will never actually amount to the LTV that has been, you know, promised in, in the projections. Our customers are in a very different bracket. You know, the average Indian household in the U.S. has 2x the median household income. Uh, these users are also I believe 79% more likely to have an advanced degree. So the audience we're talking to is, you know, a, a very sophisticated, savvy H&I audience. And we have to you know, keep that in mind as we design the product and build out our marketing. Uh, the second thing is, you know, we always all, we talk about expats slash immigrants as just one nebulous form. Uh, they're actually very different audiences depending on, on their life stage. So broadly, <clears throat> from research, we found there's four life stages, right? So there's one is the, the student, right? Someone who's recently entered the U.S. is studying, doing their you know, undergrad or grad school. You know, they're, they're not going to transfer money back home to India. <laughs> you know, they just got here. Uh, then you have the recent, uh, working, you know, population where They've just started to work recently in the corporate workforce and they've started to accumulate some savings. So their use cases and needs are very different from the student. The third one is the more naturalized immigrants who've, you know, been here for 10 plus years. They're more acclimatized to the environment. They're sort of, uh, imbibed the local, you know, cultural norms. And, you know, they're, they're like a, they are probably the, the key demographic where they have the money to, you know, send back home and invest in India. The fourth one is, uh, the first gen immigrants, the, the people, the kids who are born here to immigrant parents. You know, they're a complete different set of audience because their, their connection by with India is, it's pretty loose. It's more, to be honest, like, a, a costume than necessarily a, a deeper connection. So really understanding these four different uh, groups of immigrants by life stage and <clears throat> creating products or features that correspond to their specific uh, problems and needs is what is going to be key to making it succeed. And you have these different audiences and it's always going to be about storytelling. 
that appeals mm-hmm. and resonates with your target audience. Now you have a bit of an advantage, really, if you think about it, because of Times Internet, which is a media company. So if anyone has mm-hmm. content, they certainly do, and they have 550 mm-hmm. million monthly users. Tell me about the ties between the two and how that's going to impact your content, your storytelling. So I have a different answer for the storytelling one. Um, no, it's okay if you want to do it differently. Um, okay, that's <clears throat> fine. Should I, should I ask a different question that you had? It, 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 it's fine. I think this is, this is fine. So, okay. so, uh, let me, so let's, let me give you some background. Okay. So the, the last decade was the decade of, you know, building in fintech where, you know, the traditional, uh, verticals that existed within fintech were disrupted by technology and, you know, modularized. And now in the 2020s, you know, everything is an API. So anything that you create as a, uh, technological differentiator, you know, chances are within six months, it'll be copied by someone else because the underlying technology already exists in some form. So what really happens is that fintech apps have become, uh, customer acquisition machines for the underlying bank. And the key differentiators here then become one, how uh, clearly can you nail the use case for your specific audience to the user experience? How seamless and frictionless can you make, make it for the users to, you know, be and transact on your app? And three is just a distribution, right? That is frankly the biggest cost and pain point for you know, any fintech app out there. What helps us, you know, obviously from being part of a media empire, uh, is but two things. One is uh, just the free media outlet, right? We are getting uh, a lot of media buys and exposure uh, through the different, you know, Times uh, media properties, which are, you know, across domains. Right? It's not just digital. It's digital. It's TV. It's print. It's radio. It's outdoor uh, across different countries. And the second thing is we're also doing product level integrations which is, you know, a slightly deeper form than just, you know, throwing a banner up on the site. Uh, so, for example, you know, the the Times Group actually has uh, purchased the rights to the, the Cricket World Cup that is going to happen next year. So what is going to happen oh. is, uh, so, and that is going to be, you know, on a property of us called Willow.tv. Uh, we are going to, uh, you know, have a deeper level integration there where if somebody signs up, if somebody could pay uh, for a direct subscription to the World Cup, or they could get it for free by becoming a customer of our, you know, neobank property. So, you know, being part of a larger group that has all these different content properties, products, gives us the opportunity to upsell, cross-sell, and, you know, create this constant feedback loop from one app to another. And lastly, but not the least, right, there's just a, the brand goodwill, right? Uh, you know, the Times of India is a 180 years old brand. Uh, so the, the amount of implicit goodwill and trust that is present just as a result of, uh, you know, being part of that group, you know, that, that factor cannot be discounted. Thinking about also the larger strategy, we don't see it too much in the West yet. 
but it is very popular, is the phenomenon of the East, and that's the Sucre app. You know, you have one destination. It can be you know, about commerce. It can be a wallet. It can be ride sharing like Gojek. You're delivering everything all of a sudden. Mm. What's this play look like for you? And do you think that a super app can be successful in the as successful in the U.S. Mm -hmm. as well as you, as we're seeing it in the East? No, the honest answer is TBD. Uh, <laughs> because you know, it, 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 so this is something we've been thinking about uh, a lot, uh, yeah. and a couple of aspects to that, right? Uh, so one is you know this whole bundling and unbundling seems to happen in cycles, right? At one point, you know, Uber they had a separate app for Eats, after which they bundled it into the app. Then they again unbundled it out into a new app, and now they coexist. So they also exist uh, as a separate app, but it's also in the main Uber app as, you know, a separate native uh, pop-up in-app. So uh, I think the market as such, it kind of keeps going uh, into the experimental waves and it's not quite sure, you know, where we will land, you know, when we are ready with multiple, uh, where the market will land when we are ready with multiple products. Uh, second, I would say, I, to your point earlier, there, there's definitely, you know, a clear difference in the usage pattern of apps, right? Uh, I think the East in general is, more comfortable with higher information density in their products, whether it's, you know, it's WeChat, it's Grab, AliExpress, Gojek. Uh, and I think actually as a result of, you know, fintech, uh, I'm seeing that creep into some of the apps even in the West over the last couple of years. You know, whether you talk about investing into crypto, into uh, real estate, stock markets, options, bond, etc. There's just so much information that has to be packed into an investing app now that I think it is uh, forcing users to kind of get more comfortable with having all that information packed into into one uh, one app. Uh, that being said, you know we're, we're given what stage we're at. Uh, we're still far from from uh, having that happen or having that be a, a an active problem to sort of focus on. Uh, so really, our, our goal right now is to, you know, find one product, make it succeed, and, you know, then add adjacent verticals as we start to, you know, scale out and want to increase the LTV of our offering. Let's stay with that for a moment. Also, your mm -hmm. strategy. I mean, it's a brilliant move to align yourself with Cricket because those are diehard fans. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to have access to the games. And, hey, they may actually, therefore, convert mm -hmm. And use your product as well. And we've seen fintech really leave its mark on even the, the Super Bowl. I'm thinking of the, the QR code mm -hmm. that we had to watch, you know, increasing installs of Coinbase, the app by 3x. What does that mm -hmm. tell us about the factors that really rocket brand awareness and ultimately performance for fintech apps? Sure. Let me, uh, let me break that down a bit, right? So. So there's, there's two things. One is, you know, to, to a large extent, right? I think, you know, the macro situation is what drives fintech adoption, right? So we're, you know, the last two years was a party and this year is the hangover, you know, we're paying for the excesses of uh, all, all that we did in the last few years. 
Uh, a little bit too much crypto. Mm-hmm. Yes, I see it. And also, if you know, think about the last two years, a very unique point in time. You had zero interest rates, which meant borrowing money was essentially free. And people mm-hmm. were sitting at home, you know, with lockdowns and stimulus money, which means they had cash to gamble, which resulted in, you know, the meme stock mania and bull run. And, you know, that, that is drying up now. Like if you look at, you know, NBA Top Shot, right? The Dapper Labs product in February 2021, they did $224 million in revenue. Guess what the number is in October, uh, so far? $1.5 million. Wow. So, you know, we are, we are seeing the effects of the macro cycle. If you think of, you know, money as the, the liquidity in, in the environment as sort of water filling up a jar, you know, as it fills a bond that goes into stock, it fills up stocks that goes into uh, equity that goes into options, it fills up options that goes into crypto and, you know, more speculative forms of investment. And now we're seeing that coming back to more traditional forms because people are just wary of, you know, where we're going from here. Uh, so I think the playbook that worked over the last couple of years, that, that is not going to be the playbook that works here going forward. So any investing apps, they are going to have to be more, uh, deliberate in the strategy that they pursue instead of just, you know, throwing money at the wall and saying, Hey, let's just kind of get more users on board. Uh, another point I kind of wanted to make on, on this subject is really that of trust. Right. We've seen a lot of apps sort of come and go, fade away. And the question becomes, you know, if I want users to invest in my app to, you know, connect their direct deposit into my product, they have to be able and willing to trust my brand and product. So how do I, you know, create that as uh, a core tenet of our app? Uh, so it's not just nailing the pain points, but also being able to build the trust and, and goodwill towards your product uh, as part of your you know, marketing outreach. It's really interesting because it's not therefore then about removing the friction or having a great product alone. It's mm-hmm. about increasing the trust and ultimately increasing performance through what we'll get beginning to, which is acquiring, engaging, retaining your users. But right now, mm-hmm. Vivek, we do have to go to break So when we come back, we will talk about your retention strategy and how you've been able to keep users coming back in all of your other work and how you're thinking about it with this Mm -hmm. particular app as well. So listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. 
Welcome back to Mobile Presence. We have Vivek Yotra. He is Vice President of Growth Marketing at Times Internet. And before the break, Vivek, we were talking about what's going on with your exciting app focused only at expats, at immigrants, Indians all over the world. That's an exciting opportunity. But of course, you are a growth marketer through and through. So even before you think about launching that fintech app, I'd like to just go over some of the trends in fintech overall and hear how you would weigh in on them and what you mm-hmm. would advise. So um, thinking about it, let's just look at how consumers intend to use fintech apps. They say they're going to use them regularly, perhaps even more. And in the future, um, we know, however, that CleverTap internal research says that 73% of fintech app users actually churn within seven days. So they say they're going to use it a ton. Mm -hmm. Research says they churn. 92% of new users are lost within two days. So there's a little bit of a gap between what users intend to do and what they actually do do. What do you Mm -hmm. make of those? Yeah, I think these are super interesting. And, you know, as someone who started out in uh, creative marketing then moved on to user acquisition and and now looking kind of at the whole picture which includes brand creative and life cycle management you know wrapping my head around the whole uh, aspects of retention and life cycle marketing has given me all new respect newfound respect for uh what the marketers do on a daily basis uh i think the key is really being able to create a system for your lifecycle marketing. And I've kind of distilled that into you know, the, the five W's to just you know, make it a simple framework. So the first is who, right? Really understanding who we're talking to, uh, conducting, you know, RFM, uh, recency, frequency, monetization analysis, and, you know, making different cuts of the audience to make sure that we are reaching the right audience with the right message uh, all the time. The second W is what, right? What do you want to accomplish as a result of talking to the customer? So being clear on whether you're creating a one-time journey or you know, a live journey and what the goals of each piece of communication that goes to the customer are. Third is why. Why should users care? I give them a good reason, right? And that involves creating compelling creative that speaks in the language that is relatable, that doesn't speak like a robot and is authentic uh, enough to, you know, talk to them. Uh, It's authentic enough to be able to generate a connection with them. Uh, One thing I I, always talk to my customer support team is that, hey, you know, we have bots that sound like humans and you're, you guys are humans, you sound like bots when you communicate to customers. (laughs) So maybe let's let's change that up a little bit. Uh, the fourth one is where you know where should we be talking to these customers? Is it text? Is it email? Is it push notification? Is it in-app messages? Is it what? Is it WhatsApp? Is it Facebook Messenger? You know, there's so many different avenues. Choosing the right one is very critical, depending on your product and the customer. Uh, the last W is when really when is the best time of the day, the week, the month, or, you know, to t- talk to these people. I think that itself uh, offers a lot of, you know, between these five Ws, there are just so many permutation, combination, and choices to make that uh, the role of 
uh, lifecycle marketing becomes extremely critical to achieving those conversion rates that you know we spoke about at the beginning uh, of the segment. So looking at what you've done and what you're also doing at Times Internet still, what approach do you advise marketers follow in order to flip the script on these stats? You know, I mean, it's not really encouraging to say, oh, 73% of new fintech app users churn within seven days and 92% mm-hmm. are lost within two years. No. How do you increase cons- uh, customer stickiness? And what would you propose as a way to, as I said, turn these numbers on their head? So uh, I say two things, right? One is uh, using those five things I mentioned to make sure that our communications are personalized. So instead of just blasting out all CRM communications to everyone all the time, really taking the time to make different cuts to the audience and uh, see, you know, depending on their past behavior and the data that we have on them, what they might be most likely to respond to. Uh, and, you know, as I mentioned, we have the app in, you know, it's sort of a V1 form right now, which is the rewards app. And we've found that, you know, if we're able to use their past transaction data and kind of tailor our email offerings to them, it really, while obviously we use a smaller audience, but our open rates have increased by, you know, an average of 15 to 20% just by uh, personalizing, you know, the people who, the communication and the people to whom we we send these emails. Uh, That's the second, significant. That's a significant yeah. amount. And yeah, the second thing I'll say is really, uh, uh, and if you've read Robert Cialdini, you know, Psychology of uh, Persuasion, uh, he has six principles of persuasion, one of which is uh, the principle of commitment and consistency. Now, it's basically, if you can get users to do one small thing, and they're more likely to do another small thing, which means they're more likely to do the third small thing. And before you know it, they're invested in your app enough to become you know, a regular user. So the goal is to get them into the core loop of your app as soon as possible. So for Tinder, this might be, hey, you know, I want to get them swiping on users as soon as possible. If you're Robinhood, you want to get them trading as soon as possible, which is why you actually see Robinhood has this feature called instant deposit, uh, which is then essentially giving you a margin loan so that you can start trading ASAP. So waiting for the ACH deposit to actually hit Robinhood from your bank account. So, you know, these are some, some key initiatives that, uh, you have to kind of be aware of as a, as a fintech product to, uh, so, so these are some key initiatives you have to be aware of as a, as a fintech product to, increase the stickiness and the onboarding uh, retention of your product. I wanted to get into this, but maybe if you are working with CleverTap, you can work that into your answer as well, because to my knowledge, you are. Is that correct? Yes, yes, here. That's what I thought. So um, maybe you can tell me, and this will be a different question. Mm-hmm. So you've talked about the ways that marketers can increase customer stickiness. How do you do this? at Times Internet. What have you done? What are some of the results you've seen? So should I just uh, read you the first answer, the first part of the answer? Yeah, I mean, what you could say is, you know, well, we work with CleverTap to do X because, of Mm -hmm. course, they'll take this snippet and this will be the one they put out on social. 
Um, but yeah, you can, um, just tell me what you've done in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in life cycle marketing. I mean, you told me, of course, how you personalize the emails Mm -hmm. and increase the, the, uh, open rate, but we didn't say how we didn't say who you were working with to do that. So if you want to repeat that as well and bring that in and say, well, for one, we work with Clever Tap to mm-hmm. personalize our emails, and we've seen an X increase in open, and then you can go on from there. You know, so there's, there's two things, right? Uh, one is uh, having the right uh, customer lifecycle marketing partner, right? So we use Clever Tap across all times internet products at a, at a group level. And uh, to my point earlier about the five W's, you know, how do we make sure that we are choosing the right message for the right people with the right creative at the right time. So this is all set up in CleverTab. We are making sure that uh, we are able to automate as many journeys as possible and send the right message to the right people at the right time. Uh, you know, something we found in the V1 version of our app, which is you know, currently called Times Club, uh, is that when we personalize the emails depending on the user's transaction data, which is you know, also funneled through from a backend to Clevertap, we were able to increase the open rate of our emails by about 15 to 20%. And the second thing is, you know, it kind of takes from Robert C. Aldini's uh, psychology of persuasion, right? There's six principles of persuasion, out of which one is uh, the principle of commitment and consistency, which states that, you know, if you're, if you do one little thing, then you're more likely to do the second little thing and then the third, which, you know, quickly means that you become invested in the product and a regular user. Uh, and, you know, the way this kind of takes form in different apps is that you want to get them involved in the code loop of your product as soon as possible. In Tinder, you want to get users swiping on, you know, other prospective dates as soon as possible. If you're Robinhood, you want to get people trading as soon as possible. Which is why, you know, they give out, uh, there was a feature called instant deposit where they're essentially giving out a margin loan to you on the spot so that you can start trading while they wait for the ACH deposit to hit their account from your bank account. So really being able to have a, a cohesive system that can automate and personalize your uh, CRM and being able to uh, get people into your core loop as soon as possible are, I think, two key pointers for any fintech app to increase their customer stickiness. And you do this, as I understand it, Vivek, very much with personalization, but also with with modeling. You figure out in your lifecycle marketing, your modeling, segmenting, saying this group, Mm -hmm. this is the right fit. Right. So think of it this way. So we... Our users connect their existing, you know, cards, uh, to, with us via, you know, Plaid, which gives us two years of their past transaction data. So we can actually go and say, Hey, in the past, you know, one year, they've transacted in brands A, B, and C, which means they're more likely to respond to an email that contains X, X or Y. And you know, that first building out that logic and to being able to automate it. I think these are both very crucial aspects. Let's talk a little bit more about the data. You shared, for example, the uplift 15 to 20% in open rates. 
Um, there are some other metrics in this report, the, the FinTech app quarterly benchmark, which is coming out from CleverTap soon. And I looked at the numbers. Some of them are real eye openers. For example, 15% of new users sign up within an average of 75 seconds after they launch the app the first time. That shows quite a significant intent. Uh, what metric stood out for you most and why? Yeah, thanks for sharing that report. So, uh, I think the one that stood out or to me or kind of caught my eye the most is, uh, what they call average time to engage. And let me read this out here. So it measures the average time it takes users to move from onboarding to deeper in the funnel engagement. And the number is 76% of new users convert within an average of seven days. And this is you know, very interesting to me because you know, I, I spent a lot of time in, in gaming. And in gaming, you know, D7 ROAS is still considered a fairly early metric because, you know, your, your users are not fully baked by then. You know, some people will come in depending on when they have free time. Some people will play, but not necessarily transact. Uh, so there, you kind of have to allow a longer conversion window for, you know, your metrics to sort of bake in. Uh, what I think is differentiates fintech is that there is, uh, it's, it's a need driven impulse, right? Need or want, whatever you want to call it, but there's a high intent behind it, which, you know, kind of uh, makes two things really important for us. One is to really get out a value proposition out as quickly as possible saying that, Hey, how do we get users doing the activity that they came here to do as soon as possible from a product point of view? And second is how do I minimize the red tape? Right. So if I'm an investing app, I have to do KYC for the user, right? There is no way around it. Uh, but then choosing a partner that can actually enable a faster KYC. Now, if you're going to take three days to even verify somebody's account, you, you can forget you already lost that customer. So uh, fintech, right? Because just of the regulatory environment it operates in. Uh, also has a lot of external dependencies, which you know, make partner selection extremely important in this realm. We talk a lot about the performance and the metrics that matter, but it's also about brand. We saw that, as I said, a lot of that was at the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. right? Number of fintech apps, commercials and spots. And it was all about strong brands, strong presentation, because if they're strong, that cuts through the noise, it also delivers a memorable, valuable experience. What would you mm -hmm. tell marketers to do and prioritize to deliver a memorable, valuable experience, ultimately retain their users? So I think that is going to be really key to managing budgets, you know, in the coming uh, years where, you know, we are getting more fuzziness on the traditional playbooks of, you know, Facebook marketing. Uh, and start to go into uh, a more different areas where uh, the ROI may not be exactly clear. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, so performance okay. marketing lens. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think that is going to be key. Like how do we you know, manage our brand marketing spends, but creating a targeting and measurement framework around it in the same manner as we do for all our Facebook marketing spends. Mm -hmm. 
I'm hearing that a lot in the industry as well, that we have to come up with entirely new metrics, mm-hmm. blend metrics. We have to come up with sort of brand performance metrics is what I'm hearing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, are you up for that kind of a task? Are you up for that, Vivek, if you think about, oh, I've got to come up with a new metric. The old ones aren't the ones. So I was actually at a conference last week and, you know, something I mentioned there was, uh, we're going to see a culling of mediocre marketers in the next few years. And, oh. and, you know, I, and I, and I say that with seriousness, right? Because, uh, I think, uh, last five, six years have made marketers very lazy. Like it was just, the approach was being like, Hey, you know, let's throw a bunch of random creatives, uh, set my targeting to broad and let the, you know, Outsource our thinking to the algorithms, right? Wow. And I think now we're being forced to do more with less, probably heading into a recessionary environment. Uh, so I think we are going to be forced to be more creative and operate in an environment where, you know, we, the indicators of success are not entirely clear. So I think that is going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's adapt or survive. I don't think there is really a choice in, uh, be able to, you know, create new metrics as they might apply to, uh, performance marketing. But it, it's, it's not, uh, it's not a choice in my opinion. What was the reaction when you did that, Vivek? I'm just trying to imagine a whole room of marketers when you say, guess what? Mediocre ones, you are out. And they're thinking, am I good or am I mediocre? I mean, what was <laughs> the reaction to that? Were you, uh, were you popular after that? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, I would rather be, uh, what, what's the right word here? Uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I just kind of like to, to shoot straight from the hip uh, instead of trying to, yeah. you know, say something that people will like to hear. Uh, and I, I would think that, you know, people who are being active at conferences who are taking the effort to come in, exchange thoughts and opinions, they're probably not the ones who will be left behind hopefully that's true that's true and certainly not you vivek we have known each other for a while off and on through the years and i will look very much forward to the launch of your fintech app i love the idea transnational app no borders no limits um and also part of what's going to look like a very interesting super app strategy as well i want to thank you for sharing that with us today and maybe you can just tell our listeners how they might stay in touch with you. What's the best way in case they want to continue the conversation or connect or even find out more about it, the app? You know, they might say, Hey, I'm an Indian. I'm living in Silicon Valley. Where do I get it? Where would they go? Oh, sorry. Can I, can I add just one more point about the brand? Maybe you can add it into thing whenever you feel like. Yeah, I just thought this was a good point. Certainly. So, okay. Uh, um, uh, an additional facet I wanted to point out, point out <laughs> an additional facet I wanted to point out is that uh, investing in brand at the right moment. Uh, I recently spoke to someone from Credit Karma, uh, who sh- I forget gentleman's name, but he shared a very interesting case study where, you know, after they had achieved a certain level of success, you know, they found that their conversion rate on affiliate platform was worse than NerdWallet and their top of mind recall was also, you know, worse off, but their app retention was actually better, which kind of led them to understand that as a product, once people actually got into it, 
they were fairly sticky, but it was really the talk of mind recall and brand awareness where they were lacking. And that led them to invest in brand marketing efforts to improve that conversion top of the funnel because they had already perfected uh, the, the middle stage. So I think that is something to be just cognizant of as you kind of decide when and where to, you know, spend your brand marketing dollars. Interesting. That is an interesting idea because if you have the journey from the middle through, fine. Mm -hmm. You just need to invest, therefore, in the brand recognition to get them into the funnel. That's right. a different way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. um, right. As I said before, maybe just end with how people can stay in touch with you, stay up to date on your app launch. Yeah. So, uh, personally, for me, I have a, a large digital footprint, uh, pretty active on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can easily find me by just searching for my full name, Vivek Girotra. Uh, as for the product, we are going to be launching soon. Uh, the product is going to be called, and this is actually the first time I'm announcing it, it's Abound from the oh. Times of India. Uh, so, you know, this is a, a name that has uh, come as a result of uh, months of brand research and deliberation with our agency. So super excited about that. And, uh, yeah, if you keep up with me, I'm, I will be talking about a lot on our, uh, social platforms for the next few months. So, uh, that's probably going to be the best way to keep up. Well, and a very vibrant sort of powerful name as well. I can see why you spent quite a lot of time thinking about that. Good brand. Great to have you, Vivek. Thanks again. Thanks mm -hmm. for sharing. And, uh, yeah, have you back again. Maybe talk about your app when you're a little further along. It'd be great. Thank you so much for having me, Peggy. It's a pleasure as always. Absolutely. And of course, Vivek has shared his journey and to help marketers and organizations deliver magical, memorable, magnetic experiences across apps and personalized marketing to growth retention. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.